John. Thanks, Pastor John. It is such an honour to be able to bring a word this morning. But I just want us to take a moment. I love that song, Make Room. We sang it on Friday night for the first time. And I said to the young people, it is such a smart thing to do, to make room for God in your life. So I'd love to invite us all to close our eyes again one more time. His Word says, Be still and know that I am God. So as we prepare to hear from Him, not through my words, but through His words through me, let's just make room. Take a moment that we otherwise would probably fill with something. Jesus. Lord God, I thank You that we are all here together. I thank You for every person standing here this morning or joining us online who has taken time to make room for You in their week. Lord God, I pray a blessing over my family standing here, my family joining us online. Lord, that You will honour this space, You will honour this time and You will deposit something into each one of our hearts this morning because we've made room for You. Thank You, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, worship team. Love the spaces you create. Why don't we give them some encouragement? Yes, you guys can sit down. Wow, it's so cool to be here. As Pastor John shared, I am Anna. I'm married to Shane. I have a baby called Spencer. He's seven months old. And I have the absolute honour and privilege of leading our youth every Friday night with our team and our young people who are here with us this morning. Um, But I also have the honour and privilege of being released to this space every now and then. And I just can't um, miss the opportunity to really thank and honour Pastor Bruce and Julie, our senior pastors who love us so much. And I can't highlight that enough, how much love Pastor Bruce and Julie have for every single person sitting in here, joining online, people that aren't here. Um, it is We are so lucky. We are so blessed to have senior pastors who have been in it for the long haul and who know what's going on in our lives. Even if you don't necessarily think that they would know who you are, they 100% know you, love you and care for you. So um, I just want to highlight that this morning. It's not, without them, we wouldn't be here where we are. Um, And it's just so wonderful. Um, I'm so grateful for what they've invested into Shane and I, into our, every team that I've been part of. Um, So I just, Pastor Bruce and Julie, you'll be watching this later. Love you guys. And we're so thankful for you. Um, But this morning... Or you've already got a little bit of an insight. This wasn't meant to go up for a few minutes, but that is okay. Gavin is too good. My message this morning is called the call up. Say it after me, the call up. The call up. Yeah, it's all right. We'll warm up, right? We'll warm up. Um, This year, our theme for the year has been listen. In youth, we have been talking a lot about a Hebrew word for listen, which who knows what that is. Shema, yes. Let's come on. What's the word for, Hebrew word for listen? 
Shema, which means to listen and obey. And it's such a powerful thing to learn that and understand that in your life, what it means to listen to God. Um, And I believe that my message this morning is going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. It's going to prompt you into a different action in your life. Um, I've heard this story before, and you might have, about the Church of Ducks. Has anyone heard about the Church of Ducks? Well, this church of ducks where they waddle along to their little duck church and they waddled along, they sit in their little duck pews and they listen to their little duck pastor say, now ducks, spread your wings and fly. And all the ducks are like, yes, yes, what a great message. Yes, pastor, amen, love your message about flying. And then they waddle on home. The ducks, as enthusiastic as they are, and by the way, that is an invitation to be very enthusiastic. If I say something that you think is good, remind me, because I need some encouragement up here, right? Um, Is to, when we hear a message, whatever, it might be mine, it might be someone else's, preached on this pulpit, and it is for our good, because every message that comes through here is from God for our good. That we need to take that, we need to shema, and we need to fly on out of here. So this morning, amen, so good. This morning, church, as I bring this message about the call up, I am praying and declaring and believing that this will fly us on out of here this morning. So let's turn our Bibles, it's a great place to start, to Philippians chapter 2. Now, youth, we have a little saying. What do we bring to youth? Okay, it's not Friday, we're a bit out, it's like, oh my gosh, this isn't when we normally say this. We bring the word, a mate, and something to note take. And that is an encouragement to all of us to bring the word, the Bible, a friend, because we want to share this message with those around us, and something to note take so we don't flip and forget what we've learned, right? So Philippians chapter 2 in your Bibles that you've brought, reading from verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement, say encouragement. Say it a bit more encouragingly. Thank you, Emily. Therefore, if you have any encouragement. Great. So from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, sharing in this, oh, sorry, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And really lean into this bit here. This is kind of where we're going this morning. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So the theme that I was given to preach on this morning, which I feel like I always get the best themes, which is really great. Um, Don't get like, you know, Job or uh, Tim always gets the like tough ones. And I thank Pastor Bruce for giving them to you because you're the right person to do that. But I, the message, the theme that I got this morning is sharing the attitude of Christ. And really that is what we as followers of Jesus are called to do in everything is to share the attitude of Christ. And so I went to the dictionary, great place to go. I didn't go to the Hebrew dictionary for this one, but we can, one thing at a time, right? So the the, the dictionary definition of sharing, definition number one is to give a portion of something to another or others. So for example, they shared out the peanuts. To, to distribute, right? Dictionary definition number two is to possess a view or quality in common with others. For example, Murray doesn't share my love for peanuts. And if you know Murray, he's allergic to peanuts, so we don't share that love for peanuts. So sharing the attitude of Christ is twofold. Number one, It's our mindset, adopting the views and qualities of Jesus to become our personal motivation, which then manifests in our actions, which then leads to definition number two, sharing or distributing the love of Jesus and giving everyone a taste of him when we're around. So sharing to share and adopt the mindset, but also to distribute that to those around us. Can I get an amen? You're with me. We're here. Little English lesson for us. So what is the attitude of Christ and how do we share that? Let's unpack it. So the title of my message is The Call Up, up being the kind of number one thing. And if you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, whether that be handwritten or on a device, I want you to write that at the top of your page, The Call Up. Because I believe that as Christians, the call that we have, the the way to share the attitude of Christ is a call up. A call to be like Christ whom God has exalted by being united with one another, sharing His humility, love and kindness. And Paul's letter that we just read in Philippians is an encouragement. It's pointing out to us the tenderness of Jesus. Paul doesn't call out bad behaviour or do any telling off, which if you understand the context of many of his letters, that's kind of the reason that he's writing them, right? He's, there's some issue that he's addressing, but he doesn't actually in the letter to the Philippians kind of go, you're so bad, you're so naughty, I'm going to call out your behaviour. Instead, he directs them to Jesus and lifts their eyes up to bring them encouragement and love. He reminds us to share tenderness, compassion, humility, unity and love that Jesus shows us. And that's our call, which can seem pretty obvious. Like, well, duh, like Jesus is love, God is love, I better love people. But, you know, in our current culture, we are actually conditioned to value our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own comfort, our own money, our own truth, I'm just living my truth. Has anyone heard that before? Just living my truth, just all that. We're conditioned to value those things as the highest pursuit. So it can actually be really jarring and challenging to resist this line of thinking and instead 
value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. It's a call up. Say up. A call up. So I want to look at two stories this morning that demonstrate Jesus' attitude and behaviour that Paul describes to the, in this letter. And these two stories are very well known, but they are so powerful. So first up, we're going to go to John chapter 4. And I reckon this is probably one of my favourite stories in the Bible. I've preached about it before. And it's the story about Jesus and the woman at the well. Now, I'm going to read from our favourite version of the Bible in youth, the International Children's Bible. Um, the, what's on the screen is slightly different, but I'm sure you can come with me. I'm going to jump around a little bit. So John chapter 4, verse 4. In Samaria, Jesus came to the town called Sychar. This town is near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus was tired from his long trip. So he sat down beside the well. It was about noon and a Samaritan woman came to the well to get some water. Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. This happened while Jesus' followers were in town buying some food. So this is painting the picture. This is Jesus and the woman sitting down at the well in the middle of the day, just the two of them. And we already know that it's weird that this woman is getting water in the middle of the day. It's kind of like when you're out driving and you're seeing someone going for a run in the middle of summer, in the middle of the day. You're like, first of all, why are you going for a run? That sucks. Second of all, out of all the times you could pick to go for a run, you're picking 12 p.m., on a 40 degree day, like what is wrong with you? So this is kind of the situation here. Just like that, just like the crazy runners, this woman, it's weird that she's out in the middle of the day. And just like those crazy those crazy runners, this woman's a little bit outcast from her community. Verse nine, the woman said, <laughs> any runners in the house? Clearly I would rather stick a fork in my eye than go for a run. Um, give me Pilates any day of the week. But... <laughs> Verse 9, the woman said, I am surprised that you asked me for a drink. You are a Jew and I am Samaritan. Jews were not friends with Samaritans. That's the ICB bringing its, you're not friends with me. <laughs> Jesus said, you don't know what God gives and you don't know who asked you for a drink. If you knew, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. The woman said, Sir, where will you get that living water? The well is very deep and you have nothing to get water with. Are you greater than Jacob, our father? Jacob is the one who gave us this well. He drank from it himself. Also his sons and flocks drank from this well. Jesus answered, Every person who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never be thirsty again. The water I give will become a spring of water flowing inside him. It will give him eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again, and I will not have to come back here to get more water. Jesus told her, Go get your husband and come back here. Awkward. The woman answered, But I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Yep, you're right. You, to say you have no husband. Now, I said that really kind of judgy. Jesus would not have said that judgy at all. And that's kind of the crux of what I want to highlight here. He said, you were right to say you have no husband. Really, you have had five husbands, but the man you live with now is not your husband. You've told the truth. The woman said, sir, I can see you're a prophet. Jesus acknowledged the sin in her life that, let's face it, she already knew about, but he didn't shame her. 
He didn't tell her off. He didn't call her out. The areas in our lives where we fall short, we often already know about them. We often try to hide them and pretend they don't exist. And sometimes we don't recognise the areas in our life, but we certainly learn with time. So let's read on. Chapter, uh, verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. Messiah is the one called Christ. When the Messiah comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, he is talking to you now. I am he. Just then his followers came back from town. They were surprised because they saw Jesus talking with a woman. But none of them asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to town. She said to the people, a man told me everything I have ever done. Come see him. Maybe he's the Christ. So the people left town and went to see Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't call that woman out. He didn't tell her off for having numerous husbands. He didn't further highlight the fact that she had been outcast by the community. Even though, like, let's face it, all those disciples were like, why are you talking to this woman? Like, do you know who she is? Do you know what she's done? Jesus didn't care about any of that. But he acknowledged her. He didn't pretend that those issues weren't part of her world and weren't part of her life. But he pointed, him, he pointed her to himself. He pointed her to hope, to kindness and to love. I'm going to read down further because the cool part of this story is the outcome of his kindness and his truth, the truth in her life. In verse 39, it says, Many of the Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus. Listen up. They believed because of what the woman said. This outcast woman, he told me everything I've ever done. The Samaritans came to Jesus, these Samaritans who weren't friends with the Jews, came to Jesus and begged him to stay with them. So he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of the things he said. They said to the woman, first we believed in Jesus because of what you told us, but now we believe because we have heard him ourselves. We know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Jesus' kindness, say kindness, is what transformed this woman's life and then extended to transform the life of so many others. Kindness is one of probably the most underrated things that we can carry in our toolkit, the most underrated things that we can carry into our current world and our culture. It is so undervalued, but kindness is so powerful. He doesn't condemn even though he could have. He didn't call her out, but he called her up to lift her eyes off her situation and up towards his promise of everlasting streams of water, of life. And that's what Jesus is calling us to every day, to lift our eyes up to life. The second story I want to share with us is from John chapter 8. It's a little quickie. It's Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. So in chapter 8 verse 3, Jesus, oh sorry, the teachers of the law and Pharisees brought a winner woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. So the stakes were pretty high in Jesus' response here. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. 
Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. That's pretty nonchalant. Like, <laughs> can you just imagine that? At this, all those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left. With the woman standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one con- condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Can I just get a moment to wow? Wow? As if being caught in the act of adultery wasn't punishment enough. Like, that blows my mind. Like, how shameful and embarrassing that would be. She was brought before everyone to be publicly shamed, reputation ruined. Yet the one man who had authority to condemn her, the one man who had done literally nothing wrong ever and never would, the one man who could have made sure she got what she deserved, didn't. He instead extended kindness. The attitude of Jesus is not calling people out, but is calling people up is calling people up into hope, into peace, into love, into a new direction away from the sin that binds us and into the freedom that He offers. Now, you know, in both of these stories, we are the women. In Hebrew, that's anachnu nashim, we are the women. Anyway, that's just father by. Um, time and time again, we sin right? We fall short, we conceal things, we become distracted by the things of this world that fill a hole in our heart. But you know, Jesus never shames us. Jesus never condemns us. Jesus, but He also doesn't pretend, like He doesn't turn a blind eye. He acknowledges those things and He helps us find a way out of them. Away from sin and towards healing, freedom and wholeness. We have been extended that in our lives and we need to be more like Jesus. In sharing the attitude of Him, we need to be like Him, which can be really confronting. You're like, how can I ever be like Jesus? He's perfect. That's just so, like, that's impossible. But no, God doesn't give us an impossible task. He would never give us an impossible task. We are called to be like Jesus, to mirror His behaviour. As Jesus calls us up, we need to call others up as well, not out, We need to call them up to acknowledge things, to not shy away, but not to condemn or shame or embarrass, but by helping people see, by speaking the truth in love, the promises and purpose He has for them. I wanna finish off with a really quick story. I won't take long. But when I was in my early 20s, I was chasing the things of this world. I was in church. I was not a bad person at all. I wasn't chasing bad things like, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. It was nothing like that. But the things that I was chasing were distracting me from being grounded and distracting me from my purpose and calling in God. So if they weren't so bad, how did I know that they weren't the right things? And it was from the fruit that I was bearing in my life. I was flaky. I was... Um, distracted. I kind of was trying to be all things to all people, but in the end, I was being nothing to no one. And I remember conversations at that time in my life with Pastor Emma and with Pastor Georgia and with Emily, where they could have called me out and they could have said, stop doing what you're doing. It's stupid. 
Is that very Pastor Georgia? <laughs> Love you, Georgia. Um, they could have, but they didn't. They were never rebuking. They were never condemning. They extended in every situation the kindness of Jesus. They helped me look up to the purpose that he had. They helped me recognise and see things that were not bringing me life, even though they might have been bringing me a bit of fun. At the time, I probably, I didn't even recognise it because they were feel good and fun. Things like travel, things like career opportunities. I was really into musical theatre, so I was doing heaps of musical theatre rehearsals and performances. None of this stuff is bad, but they weren't my calling and they were robbing me of being planted and flourishing. So the love that they extended to me, I would not be here where I am if it weren't for their obedience to lifting my eyes up and to calling me up into those things but also for my obedience to listen to that, to welcome that into my life. I wonder if I can have the team back up. Because the voice of Christ comes through those around us. It can be confronting because just like the woman at the well and just like the woman caught in adultery, The things that we chase, the things that we fill our lives with that aren't meant to be there, they kind of bind us. They kind of get us stuck. But you know, the good news is that Jesus promises to give us our best life. When I was encouraged by my pastors and my leaders to be called up, out of the things that I was chasing. Did I, was I sad to leave those? Maybe. Was there pain when I, the things I thought I wanted, I made an active choice not to pursue? Like probably, but I've chosen not to dwell on that. There's no point worrying about the what if, but I'm so thankful that they called me up into the higher things of God. I'm so thankful that Jesus calls me up into the plans He has for me. And by that, by my experience, by my obedience, I now have the tools to be able to call other people up, to be able to live by love and by kindness, not by frustration. And my prayer for us this morning, if there's one thing that you take away, is you are being called up You are being called up into something greater than you could have ever imagined or ever hoped. Maybe that call up is coming from someone who you're not expecting it to come from. Because I don't know about you, but I've never heard a, Anna, I'm calling you up from God. And clearly that wasn't a very godly voice. (laughs) But like I shared, the voice of my up calling is from my pastors, my leaders, my friends. Jesus never condemns, He never embarrasses, nor should we. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. We can't earn His love. We can't prove that we deserve it. 
all we have to do is have faith. All we have to do is follow Him. And sometimes we go off the track, but if we're going in the right direction, that's a win. And we have our family around us to help us stay on track. So can I ask us all to stand up this morning in the presence of God, Holy Spirit. I'm calling you up, church. I'm calling us up. Because I wanna give us an opportunity to respond to this message this morning. Firstly, if you're standing here and you're like, this Jesus guy seems great, seems so kind and loving, He is. But if you've never met Him, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to His call up to higher things for your life. So with every eye closed, not for anything weird or strange, but just to give you some space and to give God some space. If that's you this morning and you're hearing about this Jesus, but you've never responded to a call to invite Him into your heart, I'd love to pray with you, but I need to know who you are. So if that's you this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand and I'll pray a prayer, whether that be the first time or maybe re-responding to the call up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're good. This, I've got two other groups of people I wanna pray for this morning. For people who feel stuck in shame, as I was praying and preparing this message, I felt a real strong sense that there are people in our family, our church family here that feel stuck. And I wanna give you the good news that Jesus is calling you up and out of that. So if that's you, I want you to be really bold and at the end of the service, come down and meet me here and I'll pray with you. If you're feeling stuck in a situation, whether it be a shame, whether it be anything, if that word stuck is resonating with you, I want you to come down after here and I'll pray with you. And if you're someone who just wants to share more of God's kindness, whether that be to share as in adopt or share as in distribute, to hear His call up or to call others up and not out. If that's you, I want you to come down here and I'll pray with you. That's not because I'm like the awesomest at doing this, but I know that God has placed this on my heart to share with you. So as the team lead us in worship again, come down the front and I'll pray with you. The altar is a great place for us to make room for Him. But let me just pray to close. Jesus, I thank You that You love us so much, that You call us up and not out. You don't condemn, You don't shame us, Lord, but You extend kindness, You extend love, You extend freedom. Lord, by Your humility, even though You are God and You have the power to really show us what's going on. Lord, I thank You that You meet us with love and compassion and kindness. And I, God, I just pray for my family here that we can receive that this morning. God, that in unity, we can consider others as more than ourselves and we can share Your kindness with others. Lord, that we can call each other up 
fixing our eyes on You, the author and perfecter of our faith, empowering us to spread our wings and fly on out of here. God, I thank You that You are good, that You love us. Holy Spirit. Church, let's just wait on God for another moment. If you're joining us online, don't go off and make your lunch just yet. There's something here for you. Holy Spirit. Thank You, God, that You are for us and You are not against us. That we don't need to have it all together to come to Your altar. But You are close to the brokenhearted and You help us heal. So as we worship You right now, Lord, I pray boldness and faith over those people who wanna respond to You. And I just pray a blessing over our family here this morning. Why don't we give God a praise clap offering.